In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2U are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Hey everyone, this is Michael Antonovich bringing you this week's episode of the 6D Helmets Kickstart Podcast on Swap Moto Live. For this episode, I rang up Phil Nicoletti and we discussed his past year, his $100,000 payday, and the Rockstar Energy Triple Crown Series, his two-year contract with the Rockstar Energy OTSFF Yamaha team, and basically what happened to make him leave the United States. For a guy to get a top five finishes all summer in 2018, get on the podium at his hometown race in Unadilla, but have no confirmed support for 2019 in the United States, Phil did what he had to do. He took on a two-year contract with the team up north, knows he's going to be racing up there, and is a confirmed frontrunner. He proved that time after time over the Arena Cross, the Motocross, and the Supercross Championship. Phil's got an interesting career. He wasn't this amateur prodigy that everybody watched. He just was this kid from New York that did it his way, went through a lot of hardships, and never stopped. I think that's what makes him so compelling to listen to is because he's not one of those kids that just lived at a training facility and waited for the next contract from a factory to come. He knew if we're going to do this, we have to do it the hard way. That goes back to listening to that interview I did with Alex Martin last week. They went through similar situations, but now the fact that they gutted it out, they're of the same age, and they're hitting the stride of their career at a point where most people stop. I mean, that's pretty impressive, and they both have a new lease on racing. Phil's going to do this at least one more year. He'd like to do it until 2022, which is a big deal. He'll be 33 then and still raking in wins, hopefully still raking in money, hopefully. Phil would be good. An interesting thing that he said in this interview was at this time last year, he had just went to the New York State test and tried to become a prison guard, took the test and passed it. And that's pretty interesting to hear a guy that is a motocross champion right now is looking at other career opportunities because he's not sure how this is going to go. That's pretty much a sign of the times too. If you don't have a factory ride, no matter how good you are, You have to look at what other options are out there because racing isn't always the one thing that's going to pay your bills every time. Not everybody's going to get rich off this and retire from it. Phil's whole pro career really is helped by his stint at JGR, which was facilitated by two close friends that were sponsors of the team and Phil and helped everything come together. What was supposed to be just like a couple one-off rides here to make everybody happy turned into a long-term deal and Phil in a lot of ways became the face of JGR at a time. I mean, look at how popular the bad news Phil thing is. His split from the team last summer was just business. Phil explains that. It's no hard feelings with the JGR guys. They only had their program written up. Husky needed somebody. You know, they had a bike to fill, and they got him. There's no hard feelings, even though Phil explains like pretty clearly some things maybe did not go his way. He considers everybody at JGR his close friends and even family. He's friendly with everybody. You know, his championship celebration is guys that were at the race shop with him at his apartment just a few days later. So give it a listen. Phil's always an interesting character. He has a lot of colorful language, so maybe keep that in mind. I'm not mad about it. Phil's a good interview. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, I can't believe we're saying Supercross champion and all that, but damn, Phil, you did it. (laughs) 
yeah, I guess, I guess you can call a three-round Supercross Series uh, uh, championship. But, uh, yeah, the Triple Crown portion of it's uh, it's kind of where it was at for me. Um, it's happy to get the hundred grand Canadian and, um, you know, kind of cap off the year. I was really hoping to get the motocross championship, but, um, things just didn't fall my way. Um, but yeah, the end of the year, um, with the triple crown portion and obviously the supercross portion, um, yeah, just made it, made it a little bit more bittersweet, but, um, already looking forward to what I can change for 2020 and, uh, get better. I came to Montreal. You're hauling ass. It's not like this is you're you're taking it easy up there. Like that was a good good race, and you were mixing it up with guys that are going to be down here in the mix for top seven results, top five results all year. Yeah, which you know, I mean, you were there for the Montreal track. It wasn't exactly the most technical, um, but at the same time, you know, everyone still had to race the same thing. And um, I knew Montreal for me was going to be the hardest of the you know three Supercross rounds for us because we had so many more guys up there uh, with Mookie, Brayton, and Dino being added to the mix. So there was a lot of points for me in this triple count portion that could have been won or lost. Um, so I was just happy to really be able to throw it down there. Um, I really should have had a podium <laughs> at that race. I had a little tip over in the first main event uh, while leading it that kind of jacked me. Um, so I ended up tying with uh, Brayton for third. But uh, overall, it was, it was good. I was able to pull some points um, on my rivals up in Canada. Um, and then after that, I kind of knew I had the, the triple crown portion uh, locked in the bag because I had a 27-point lead or almost a 30-point lead. So, yeah, like that was the, the main thing. Um, obviously, like I knew after that race, I was just like, all right, and I kind of cruise it on in. But at the same time, you still want to win the Supercross portion as well. So uh, it's kind of a, a catch-22. Yeah. Um, backtracking a little bit, last summer is when this deal all came together. So in 2018, how did, mm-hmm. you, how did this offer come about? How did you and Myrtle put this deal together for you to go up there? I mean, when did it become a very promising deal instead of just waiting and waiting and waiting for hopefully a ride in the u.s uh well it's kind of hard because like obviously in 2018 uh, i left jgr and went with the husky boys um and i really enjoyed my time there and i really wanted to stay at the hus with the husky guys but there just was no room um so i kind of had to venture out and kind of figure some other things out and uh uh, my agent uh lucas actually had talked to uh andre uh lauren at um uh, X Games 2018 winner X Games and kind of had talked a little bit about me possibly coming to Canada for 2019 and uh, they always kind of kept in touch all through the summer of 2018 and right around Unadilla time uh, before that uh, 2018 uh, when I got my podium and whatnot uh, it kind of became more of a reality of me going to Canada it kind of just made a little bit more sense um, instead of kind of what I had offered in the in the states um, and at that point in time in my career, I was just like, well, I got to try and figure out what I'm going to do. Obviously, I want to stay in the States and I want to ride Supercross and I, I enjoy the AMA outdoors. But um, logistically for me, it just I had to make a different different move and I had a two year deal to go to Canada. Um, and I, I'm happy I did it. I was a little skeptical at first with some things. And uh, you always hear these rumors about, uh, you know, Canada and whatnot. But for the most part, I enjoyed it. I made a lot of friends up there. Uh, well which that's just the name of the game but uh yeah it all all kind of kind of worked out what's the biggest difference that you've seen racing up there i think that everybody knows from the outside looking in it's not like lucas oil pro motocross or supercross 
with all like the flash mm-hmm. and the pop and circumstance it's more of like a low-key deal but there's got to be still some big similarities in racing i mean it's a lot of fast guys up there but there has to be one thing that's way different um yeah I've, uh to be honest with you it's more the travel than anything like my travel days to get up there were even though i am in charlotte um you know i'd have to fly to calgary and then drive or fly to winnipeg and drive two and a half three hours to the nationals like those are big big travel days for me and we're going all the way out to prince george which is shoot all the way up by alaska you know like uh to get there was literally 17 hours so um with that being said like that was a big learning curve and obviously like you know hotels aren't really the nicest some spots and food places aren't the greatest but um now that i have a year under my belt um i kind of know the sweet spots and know where to go and um it'll bring a lot less pressure and stress to myself um just knowing that i know the program um so that'll that'll help um obviously i am 30 so you think you kind of have that stuff like figured out as far as experience and stuff but it's still still is a bunch of added stress on you trying to figure it all out um and learn the new tracks as well so um but for the most part yeah it was good obviously some things were kind of janky with some stuff but uh the tracks got just as rough as the u.s stuff like um so i was actually really surprised about that and i did like a lot of the tracks up there um 90 of them anyway the outdoor stuff so um i enjoyed it that's good the big thing like when we went up to montreal for that race i mean i've gone to canada a couple times but it's toronto so it feels like it's america in a lot of ways but yeah that mm-hmm. was a big deal the hotels are way different that if they don't speak the same language which is a huge deal and that's all of quebec pretty much right yeah yeah all of all of quebec is uh you know all french but you know when you're in a place like montreal you're lucky because normally they have like an english you know and a french menu but you know it sounds so bizarre because you're just right over the border from new york but it's completely different like there's a track you know deschambeau where i had one this year and it's kind of in this little quebec town and dude nobody spoke english you know and i'm like what the hell can i just order some chicken and rice or something you know um so it's kind of i mean obviously i'm american you know through and through um so that was a bit of a learning curve for me but like i said now that i have a year under my belt and i know what restaurants and what hotels are good and bad like it'll make 2020 much easier on me we always hear how rough like some of the tracks are up there just because it's not the same process of like prep and everything what are they Mm -hmm. are some of them gnarlier than stuff you've seen down here like especially gopher dunes yeah like uh i mean gopher compared to like southwick isn't even comparable um you know i think uh you know obviously southwick does get rough but as far as like actual sand you know sandy standpoint um uh gopher is quite a bit sandier um so, but I really, you know, for me, I didn't per- perform as well as I thought I would have it go for. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, it was almost, uh, you know, I, I think they should bring an AMA National to go for. Um, I think that would be uh, be pretty badass to see. But um, yeah, throughout, you know, through the wintertime, I kept, you know, obviously Canadians set their bikes up different. They think tracks are different than the U.S. and this and that. But when you grow up riding an American setting for so long, um, you keep saying, oh, well, Canadian bumps are different or whatever. But to me, a bump's a bump. So um, a lot of the tracks, yeah, they, they still got brutally rough. And, you know, it wasn't um, they weren't a cakewalk by any means. So, uh, you know, it goes for next year. When, when, uh, when Davey went up there a few years ago, everybody thought like, yeah, an American guy can go up there and just kick everybody's ass and it's going to be this easy deal. But as we've seen over the years, it's not that way. The Canadian guys know their program. They know the competition. They have all their stuff set up. 
So, like, Gerke's had some tough goes there. Nickel, or, you know, you did very well this year winning the championship, but even still, it wasn't like you went up and dominated. Is no, that, no. Did no, you expect yeah. to go up there and be, like, 1-1 every weekend? Um, I Not not one, but, uh, um, you know, I think uh, – how do, how, do, how do I put this? At least a little bit closer. Obviously, like, um, I had one really bad round at Stanley. I didn't score any points. And then, obviously, I got penalized for, uh, for a dramatic incident. But um, that ultimate, that day specifically, took me complete, completely out of the championship. So I didn't have a sh- shot after that. Um, but for the most part, like, yeah, I thought I could have really manage the championship well if it, if it wasn't for that one specific Saturday but uh, you can't win the battles you got to win the war um, and I lost the war plain and simple Colton beat me and um, yeah it tweaks my beak really really bad because I was the fastest um, but yeah like I said it, it is what it is you know a guy like Fasciati I mean he's huge he's a legend up there to see how everybody is around him and how respected he is is always impressive because we don't ever think about him down here. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, I've raced Colton when he's come down to the States. Obviously, I beat Colton when he's came down to the States, but obviously it's a different element for him. Um, but for him, like, yeah, he's he's been up there for, I don't know, 16 or 17 years racing those tracks, and he knows the ins and outs. And, you know, I was uh, fresh up there, but, you know, obviously – it's the same. You get two 15 minute practices, so it's not that hard to figure out a track in that time. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of races where, um, you know, I had good results going two two for a third or going two one for tying for an overall. And it was just like, where things like that where, you know, uh, I feel like I should have had the overalls where just like kind of like, you know, uh, points just didn't work out where in a normal state they would for somebody else. But just because it's me, I got the shaft. Um, but yeah, like like I said, it was nice for the last two rounds to finally get, you know, two wins back to back. You know, made, made it worth it. You being a New York guy, had you had a lot of experience racing up in Canada already, or was that no, nah, too far? Nah, no, I, n- I never went up there. Um, I did Walton back in 2007. Um, I won the first moto. Uh, had a pretty decent battle with Tucker Hibbert. Um, but yeah, other than that. Other than that, that was it. Uh, I, n- I never went up there. So it was always like, yeah, the American dream of staying down here in the States and trying to become a, a Supercross champion or whatever um, and just get put through the ringer and stuff. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I've had offers to go to Canada, you know, earlier in my JGR years to, to go up there, but I just um, felt like I had a lot of uh, unsettled business in the States to do. Um, and I'm glad I did stay in the States and, you know, accomplish what I needed to do. So, and I'm not saying that's not over with, I'd still like to do a couple races here and there, but for the most part, I'm, uh, I'm a Canadian citizen at the moment. Okay. So backing up to last summer, when you get on the podium at Unadilla and you go through all those emotions of being in front of your hometown race and all that, was that a tough, did that make it a tough pill to swallow when you knew you didn't have a ride in the United States the next year? Yeah, it did. It did because, uh, you know, I got it. I really wanted to be there, um, you know, for the following year and even to race Unadilla. And, and I could have raced Unadilla um, this year because we didn't have any races up in Canada at that point in time. But um, it's it just comes down to the fact like, all right, I've gone, 
I've done, you know, four or five, I don't know how many times in my pro career in the 450 class. Um, do I go to Unadilla and do that, try and do that again for 1500 bucks and risk the triple crown for a hundred thousand dollars? Like it, it just didn't make sense. And I think you'd have to be pretty brain dead to put that in, in, in jeopardy, you know? Um, you know, if the, <laughs> if the purse money and stuff was a little more worth it and worthwhile to come down to do a U.S. national, I, I think about it. Um, But to do it off just, you know, solely off pride, for me, it, it didn't make sense to come back and race. So um, maybe next year. Who knows? I don't know. I'd like to, um, you know, because I still think I can do pretty damn well in an AMA National, you know. So we'll see what happens. The $100,000 thing, I mean, that's been the big talking point all year, especially for you to win it now. But the purse mm -hmm. money thing is the one common complaint in every U.S. motocross race. Is it? the same up there are everybody is everybody asking for more money from the promoters or do they all understand yeah it's yeah a like pool? yeah it's a, it's a smaller pool in canada obviously the purse money's not not that big up there um but at the at the same time i'm not really uh worried about the purse money at that point in time you know uh, i can still kind of go after bonus money and 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 the triple crown money at the end of the year um so for me that's a big enough um payday not to really have to worry about the actual purse money but yeah there still is purse money and yeah it still is sure it's good if you're you know one two or three and stuff so um yeah it definitely helps pay bills at the end of the month okay the hundred thousand dollar thing i mean this is huge even if there is some money lost in taxes and you know currency exchange <laughs> and all that stuff dude for you yeah. this is this is unbelievable and i think that that's why everybody's so happy is knowing a guy like you that has tried really really hard to get your money going I mean, this is a huge mm -hmm. payoff. How does that feel yeah. to know, like, hundred grand? I got it. Yeah, it feels good, but at the same time, it's just like eh, there's still a lot of work to be done. You know, it's still already like, yeah, it happened. It's kind of a done deal. Like, I don't know. It's like you focus on that goal all year. You know, when we started back in April, I'm just like, all right, each round, you know, it's uh, one race at a time just to get to the hundred k. One race at a time to get to the hundred k. And um, now that kind of like happened and kind of had it sort of in the bag three rounds early, it was like all right, just get it and then, you know, be okay. Like the last two weeks or between the last two rounds, like uh, I hardly even rode my dirt bike because like I didn't even want to go ride supercross and get injured. You know what I mean? And, and jeopardize that factor. So, um, so that was, so that was a little bit uh, stressful as well, but at the same time, like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming gone. It's time, it's time to move on. It's for sure. For me, it's, it's a nice, um, nice little payday. Um, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's, you got to move on keep going. You know, it's, it's, it's just, uh, get ready for another year. With, uh, with yep. the, with the way that all this has gone, I mean, this is really the first time you've been in a championship position as a pro racer. I mean, regardless of the fact that you've raced half your life now, Mm -hmm. Was mm -hmm. it? Were you caught off guard by the different emotions or the different pressure that you felt of being in the championship chase? Uh, yeah, obviously you can see that at Sandaly <laughs> after what yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but uh, I still don't think that was all virtually my fault. And you know, I like I said, it, it's hard to say. Really, I do regret it, but I don't regret the the. I don't know how I would actually really put it. Uh, the anger that I showed, maybe just like the words, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that kind of 
took a little out of me, um, and it took me a little while to recover with that, you know, the following two weeks at a couple of races, but uh, it all worked out in the end, and I was, uh, I'm, I'm happy for it. I just, man, I really wish I could have that day back, but, um, you know, better things came in the end of the year, and kind of, and it all made up for it, to be honest with you. The fact that you have guys like Cooper Webb and so many other people in your circle that you can feed off of, like, did you go to those guys for advice or anything, or are you just like, this is my battle to deal with, I got to figure this out on my own? Hell no, Coop makes fun of me every day for going to Canada, he thinks I sold out, you know, but no, he, uh, no, I mean, it's, it is what it is, the guy, it's hard, obviously, I know Coop won a <laughs> Supercross championship, so that's like, you know, second to none, and you can't get a more pre- prestigious title than that, but um you know things come to people and you know at, at different times um coops just able to have so much success in such a little time it's it's pretty unbelievable so for me it's just like every little bit of momentum i can get it's uh it helps me obviously there's a seven year age gap between he and i so i had to go through a little bit more <laughs> shit than he has but uh yeah it's it, it is what it is i think um you know, everyone has success at different rates and in different ways. So obviously, his trumps mine. Uh, it's still cool. I'm I'm happy for him, and I'm happy for myself at the same time. For all of you guys, I mean, that's a really good little circle in Charlotte that all came up together at the same time. So, and all of you guys did really, really well in this last season. You, Alex Cooper. It's cool to see all mm-hmm. of the same group find success at the same rate. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard. Obviously, Alex had a little more success over the past few years, and you know, obviously, uh, he's one of my best mates. So it's always awesome to see and you know see him go from having you know virtually no money is you know same as myself and uh, basically living in vans and whatever we could do to to eat and survive was is kind of cool. And um, I, I honestly don't think many kids could do that. There's 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 no way you know especially. Um, most of the ones that are spoiled nowadays. So um, to do it how Alex and I did it is uh, is pretty awesome, um, and it and it makes it uh, a lot uh, a lot more worth it now. You know, looking back on it, just like I'm glad I kind of stuck it through through all the <laughs> all the pain and suffering of all the bullshit that we went to get to where we're at. So it it, it, it paid off. You know, it's so I can really say, obviously. I like I said I'm 30, but I still feel like I got another man three years in me. Obviously, the outdoor grind's a little harder than the Supercross grind when it comes to certain stuff. When you're out in the summertime, stroking out, but uh, yeah, I still think I got three more years left. Okay, we'll get into that after the commercial. Mm-hmm. But I interviewed Alex on Thursday, and it was the same thing. At what point did you ever think in the 11, 10 days when things are really going bad, where you get kicked out of Australia because of all your paperwork and all these issues? How close did you ever come to being like, yeah, I'm done. Like, I can go do other shit. This isn't worth it. Ah, uh, man, it's <laughs> it was hard because I, I I remember the talk I had with my old man. He's just like, you know, I was 22, almost 23 at the time, and he's just like, listen, he's like, my dad old man started working for the county when he's 18. He's like, I already had five years in retirement when I was your age, and at that point there, it was just like, man, reality set in. Like, what the hell am I doing with my life? You know, and then he also said, he goes, but you are only 22 years old and you're still super young and you have plenty of time for other stuff. So, you know, we, the problem with Alex and I, we were never afraid to work and suffer. Um, so I think that's kind of what helped. Obviously, I'm not the most uh, flashy of riders, but, um, you know, I always gave it 110% every practice day and uh, I was willing to suffer. So 
you know, not to toot my own horn, but it kind of helped out. And especially now it makes it a lot easier, you know, uh, I still have a lot of drive and motivation as well as, uh, you know, same for, same for Alex. So, uh, that sort of shit pays off. Um, you know, and so I get mad at kids that kind of just pack it up when they don't have a ride at 20, 20 or 21 years old. They're just like, all right, well, you know, I can't change my own tire, own filter, own, own oil, you know, kind of, kind of pisses me off. But like I said, um, some people are bred different ways and, um, yeah, it all, it all worked out in the end. Did you have like a concrete backup plan? Like if this racing thing doesn't work out, I'm going to go do this or was it uh, like, no. shit, I gotta make this happen? Uh, no, I didn't have, I didn't have any backup plan. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I actually, this past year I flew home, I took a prison guard test, um, just for a Did backup, you, really? you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I ended up passing. So that was, that was kind of cool, um, to know, cause I haven't taken a state test or anything like that in years. So, um, you know, and you can defer for two years as well. Um, so I thought oh, after, you know, 2020, you know, if I don't get re-signed or, you know, injuries or whatever the hell happens, you know, at least I got a backup plan. I can go home and do what I need to do. Um, so it's just a plan B, but, um, like I said, it's one of my more successful years. So, um, I still feel strong and still feel like I'm 18. So I might as well just keep on grinding. The, the fact that we're just going to gloss over you as a potential prison guard. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's like, a good oh job. Hey, yeah, no, no, a, you would be can, very can, good at it. And if Canary, <laughs> Canary could cut your own path, I mean, yeah, 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 exactly. Listen, if Bob can do it, I can do it. So yeah. I think we, I think we'd be good. But yeah, it all, it all kind of worked out in the end. Um, but if I, yeah, like I said, if I can have three more years, man, I think it'd be one hell of a career. Obviously, I've had one major injury with my ankle, um, you know, back in 2017, which is out of my control, and I'm still man bitter as shit about it but um because the thing hurts me every day but other than that i'm i'm good um heart and mind still feel good so keep the ball rolling okay let's go back to that because i think so many people forget about that one year because all of your other time at jgr is spent on a 450 and you did what you had Mm -hmm. to do to keep that ride why i mean you could have easily have maybe done something else was it just that promising of like hey i know i have a spot on the team i need to do this because they've done so much for me or or what is it because um it- yeah well it was it's actually a mutual deal like i i thought it was actually really going to work out and they they did too but um at the same time in 2017 suzuki hadn't had a program in since dunge you know or whenever i don't know anderson whoever won the last i think it was anderson um yeah, so the Jason. bike just didn't yeah, yeah, it was Jason. So I just, it just didn't have any development, and it was, you know, I'm gonna be honest, it wasn't good. It wasn't fast, um, and JGR really didn't have much, much ties with that. So I can give them uh, that fact. There's more of actually like an in-house Suzuki deal. So it, it kind of was a struggle. Um, you know, I think it hurt me a little bit, and um, obviously, you know, Dallas Press Day, um, we had a bike malfunction, and you know, it, there, the rest was history. I destroyed my ankle, and then. It was a hard one to come back from. And then at the end of the year, it was kind of, you know, I thought I was going to be okay and have the same deal on 2018, uh, light supercross 450 outdoor, um, which I was kind of somewhat promised that, but, um, yeah, for whatever reason it was, uh, yeah, fell through the cracks and I was left with a supercross only deal, which, uh, still left me bitter, but at the same time, everything happens for a reason. Um, and it worked out and, yeah, it actually turned out to be one of also my better summers in 2018 with the Rockstar Husky guys after I left JTR. So, um, but yeah, it, it is what it is. Everything worked out um, the way it was supposed to. So, um, just got to, <laughs> you know, I just had to swallow the bitterness there for a little while and 
and move and just on. Just do it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which that that just you know that's the name of the game. That's what happens. Okay, the next question I'm going to ask, I can understand if you have to kind of dance around it a little bit, but it's, yep. it's something that everybody's always wanted to know. Your mm -hmm. deal with JGR initially came on because you had a friend at the x-ray company that kind of helped facilitate all that and made sure you had a yep. spot, and then Thomas at InFab and all that. Yep. And there's so many yep. people that have always wondered, like, why did Phil not get a full-time ride because you were a top five, top seven guy in the mm -hmm. 450 class mm -hmm. all the time? What was yep. your actual deal with JGR? And then for you to part ways to go with Husky, was that a negative deal or was it like, I've done all I can do and I know I'm not going to get anything else here? Yeah, well, I, I mean, so for a long time, um, I had a, a Dr. Maresca St. Lawrence Radiology uh, who backed me since I was an amateur. You know what I mean? And honestly, if it wasn't for him, my career would have failed a long, long time ago. Um, but for some reason, he's seen uh something in me where um i still had a chance at it um there were the fact that i just kept grinding and kept digging on uh, really sure um but yeah, like if it wasn't for him <laughs> um and then with him and um thomas fitcher from nfab uh, they kind of came together and were like my two biggest sponsors so um with that i um had a team well i didn't have a team but with alan brown in 2013 um and i did my rookie year uh supercross 450 and outdoors it kind of like revitalized myself um after the 11 10 years obviously i made zero money and was kind of <laughs> living like a hobo for a while um it kind of gave me a chance to get in with jgr because thomas and uh, Doc, we're, we're good friends with Corey, and we're just like, hey, can you give this kid a shot? And uh, my deal with JGR was only three races Supercross and three races for outdoors, and um, I never in my life would have dreamed it would have gotten turned into what it, uh, how it all turned out, you know? Um, so it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I'm very thankful for that. So even though, like, the way it ended, um, the way it started and stuff, was, it makes up for all that crap. So uh, it's pretty unbelievable. And, you know, and, and, and Coy took me in, like, family, which is which is pretty cool. And then J-Bone as well. Um, but uh, the way things ended, that, that's just business. Like, I get that. So, um, but I had a lot, a lot of good times up there and a lot of good races and, and some awesome seasons, which I never thought, um, you know, I would have had in my 450 career. I think I think when you left, everybody kind of assumed that it's this negative deal and, and with just certain things that have been said in the past of like, it's just business and all that. But you're still close with quite a few guys over there. It's not like it was this terrible split up. Like, you, you know everybody. You're still in the same crew. Like, it's not terrible, terrible. No, no, it's not like I, I literally live half a mile from the JDR shop. You know what I mean? And yeah, like you said, I'm still really good friends with um but it just uh yeah just the way it happened there at the end you know like i said i had a ride in 2018 but the problem was it's just like i didn't have a ride for outdoors and i'm you know i'm an outdoor guy like uh i can't i can't not sit out and not do that um and they had me fill in for the first three rounds uh of outdoors because i don't know who was hurt uh barge I, I don't even know until oh, bogle was hurt um and i was just like you know, but it was kind of like a last minute deal. Like for some reason they didn't want to hire me as a filling guy for whatever reason. Um, and then I did it, uh, cause I didn't have anything else. And then I had the option between Bobby Hewitt and my agent Lucas to go ride Husky. And, um, I'm not going to lie. It was, uh, it was a tough pill to swallow to leave JGR because I had been there for so long and they were family. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, uh, one door closes, another one opens. And, um, I never in my life would actually, uh, 
been friends with any of the guys at Husky. Um, so kind of it, it kind of all worked out in the end. Cool. Hey, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll come back and yep. I want to talk about the future, but also like the filthy Phil personality because I think five years ago, I don't see you being as famous as you are now, but look at all the stuff you've done. I mean, you are a fan favorite and it's cool to see how a guy like you has become so well-known and well-respected around the world. So listen to these commercials. We'll come back with Phil and we'll talk more. Out here on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world. Period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. Hey everyone, it's Marvin Miskin from the Red Bull KTM Racing Team. Right now, KTM is making it easier than ever to get out and ride. Head to your local KTM Autorized dealer to take advantage of limited time offer on qualified dirt, street, adventure, and naked models, or check out KTM.com to learn more today. Hi, this is 250 Supercross Champion Chase Sexton of the Geico Hana Team. To get the most performance out of your motocross bike, make sure you're using the Yoshimura exhaust systems. Visit Yosh at Yoshimura-RD.com to see their wide line of slip-ons and complete systems for your bike today. Now enjoy the Swap Moto Live Kickstart podcast. Riders like Justin Cooper, Don Ferrandis, Eli Tomac, Adam Entingnap, Josh Hansen, and more partner with Works Chassis Lab for engine mounts and other special parts to add comfort to and enhance the handling characteristics of their bikes. With championships and race wins to prove it, Works Chassis Lab Parts provides the winning edge. Visit WorksChassisLab.com for more information. In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2U are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Thanks for setting through the commercials. Welcome back. We're here with Phil. So I want to talk about how you've become like filthy the personality. And it, a lot of it is to do with Mathis and some other people like constantly ribbing you, the Bad News Phil account, all these different things. But you've embraced it really, really well. Most people would probably be like, oh, God, everybody's just talking about the bad shit that happens to me. And you're like, no, no, like, I have a terrible string of luck. Like, you're filthy Phil, like, Bad News Phil. I'm the victim because bad shit always happens to me personally. Like, I get it. So how did you decide, like, I just have to play into this because it's going to make me better off? Uh, I don't know. I listen, I think everyone has bad shit happen to them all the time, but I think, uh, everyone has to be like, Oh, you, you can't think like that. Um, you know, and which I don't know. I don't know if it's so much negative thinking, but I don't know. I embrace it. I guess it's just, yeah, I don't know. And the part of my fucking personality, I guess, I don't know. Um, but I've always been like that ever since I was a kid. Um, I think it might've hurt me when I was, a rookie and whatnot because uh, I don't think a lot of team managers understood um, what I was about and I think you can even ask Bobby Hewitt because I was the first team I rode for as a uh, as a pro like I think they hated me because they just thought I was you know I don't know some prick or whatever but uh, it's just my mentality and that's just the way I am um, and I think a lot of people can 
uh, can respect that. And I think there's a lot of people that are the same way, you know, um, life's not, you know, peaches and cream all the time. You know what I mean? So, and to think that way, I think's uh, pretty bizarre as well. Um, so it's kind of, you got to be realistic, uh, sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think it all worked out. Like, uh, like I said, I, however you said, I, I embrace it and it's just, uh, yeah, it just kind of, um, came about. You know what some of my favorite videos to watch are? Like if I'm bored, if I like need to laugh because I've been like kicked in the balls all day, I go I go watch those MXGP of uh, USA videos that you did at the Motor Speedway in Charlotte and just laugh. My dude, those are classic. Oh God, those kill me. But like, those. did you ever did you ever think that you would be in a position like that to be the official like mascot of an entire race and do all that stuff? As corny as it was at the time, like good of you to realize like shit, I gotta do this. Nah, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know how I got kind of into that. Maybe because Barsha didn't want to do it. I, I don't know. Um, so Monster Yamaha, I don't even know needed somebody to go do that. Uh, so it's just like, oh yeah, send Phil. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Like, like I got to do some pretty sick stuff. Got to hold a, you know, 450 wide open around the speedway and try and blow the sucker up. You know, um, so that sort of stuff was cool, but a lot of it was pretty corny. You can't lie, Anton. It was kind of <laughs> some of the shit. I I think I can see Europe from the top of the. Uh, oh, the suite. I know, dude. That if I had shit a news, was I awesome. I, uh, if I had a news, I would have hung myself at that point in time. Uh, so, and Johnny and Ben, they still make fun of me for the shit. It's unbelievable. Like it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. No, and you know? the other thing is, like, just in your general day-to-day -day life like i see bad news fill stuff happen like i've contributed quite a bit to that account and i love that account oh uh, that's good it <laughs> and honestly the, yeah the first picture of bad news fill started at the mxgp in charlotte three years ago so uh it's kind of what generated the whole ordeal um pretty ironic to be honest with you but uh yeah it's just a persona and like i said i think people can resemble it and you know embrace it so it's cool like i said it, it shit doesn't affect me at all you know um everyone has bad luck to be a guy that a few years ago was kind of completely off the radar is it been weird for you to take that on and become just kind of more of a personality and, and interact with people and instead of just being left alone to do your job um no not really you know uh, i mean i think i get this persona that i'm an anger certain things and i definitely don't like certain types of people um that's just how i am but um yeah i just i don't know i i think uh you know with this i don't even really call it success because i haven't even had that much success uh, i think i more just survived and and grinded long enough to where like it just kind of happened um you know I, I don't think i really had an option to fail so um but yeah like i say i don't know i don't know how to say other than it all just kind of worked out the way it did and i'm happy it did it took a hell of a long time to get there but um yeah it was it worked out perfect i've been having these like talks with my wife and my mom and just other people around me just about everything that's gone on in the 10 years that i've done this Mm -hmm. And it's so different than what I think I expected being a motocross like media goofball to be. Is being a professional racer different than what you envisioned it was when you were like 13, 14 years old? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it's not even not even remotely close.
you know, for one, when I was 13 year old, 13 years old, a guy that was in my position, getting the results I got was making $600,000 a year, <laughs> you know, that's now, a guy that's that's, true. now a guy that's in my position can, you know, 150 grand, you'd be like, oh yeah, all right, that was a successful year, you know, <laughs> so that part kind of sucks, but at the same time, like, that's just the way it is, and um, I, I still enjoy riding my dirt bike to ride my dirt bike, I'm going to go ride it, you know, tomorrow, and I have no no reason to go ride it um other than the fact that i i just i I love it you know um and that's kind of what makes it worth it so um if it was for the money uh, i would have got out of this shit a long time ago i don't know why i stayed in it Um, you know i mean the money i was making the first couple of years i was a professional was absolute joke so um yeah i just uh yeah like i said if you would ask me 2009 if i'd be where i'm at here in 2019 I'd, i'd call you a liar um, but that was 10 years of, uh, pain and suffering to get there. So it all, you know, I'm, uh, I'm happy for it. Oh yeah. No, trust me. I get it because we just drove by the first apartment I lived in when I moved to California and I was just like, mm-hmm. those was the most terrible times of my entire life. I can't <laughs> believe I made it out of that. So yeah, yeah I get yeah. it. Um, no, but now you, now you look back and you laugh at it cause it's actually pretty funny. Oh, it's you know, unbelievable. But, but back then you wanted to commit, you know, and kill yourself for it. And oh it's yeah. Just like, God, I just, I just want to pack up and go home. Oh yeah, I, that's when I first moved to California. I just left all my shit in boxes because I'm yeah. like, I'm going home any day now. Yep, somebody's for gonna sure. fuck me out. So yep, um, I know exactly that. So now we'll start wrapping this up. You're 30 years old. Honestly, you're faster than you've ever been. You understand all of the parts of racing now. You you really have a good handle on it. And mm-hmm. at a time where most people start to pack it in, and you you don't seem to have any kind of desire to slow down. Coming off the best season of your career three more years seems pretty likely 21 22 and see what happens from there yeah yeah uh, obviously i'm going through 2020 um i'd like to re-up for sure through 20 2021 and um i'd like to get through 2022 you know that put me uh around 33 34 years old you know what i mean um i uh i still feel super strong i'm i'm the fittest i've ever been um and also i feel the youngest i've ever felt you know as as cliche as that is to say like uh i don't know i uh, i just i feel really good my body feels good um you know i want to keep going and uh keep plugging um so we'll we'll see what happens um you know all like i said injury injuries aside because that's a that's a number one uh factor in our sport that can really hinder what the hell goes on with uh the following years but uh yeah I i think i'll be okay um, but a part of me still wants to just pack up and go home to New York and <laughs> live like a hillbilly for a little while and go snowmobile on an ice fish. I, I think that's in your cards. I think that's coming soon enough. Just grind yeah, it out a few yeah. more years. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I agree. The fact that you're in a niche now, you know, you're a Canadian guy, you're a top Canadian guy, is it making it easier for deals to come about and maybe it's not so stressful where you have to reassert yourself every year and convince somebody to give you a deal? um no i don't i don't know i just uh i don't think there's many people that can really go to canada and i don't know kind of do the same thing i did because like i said i like i said i was a four to eight place guy in the states um and you know like i said if people knew the money i was making for those results compared to the other guys that were around me which shit themselves um but i don't think the other guys would do what you know I had to do or, or, or go to Canada and do that. Um, but like, like I said, it, it all worked out and I, and I am enjoying it. And I, I enjoy my team up there and all the guys like they, they really, 
uh, took me in like family and it's, uh, it's cool. And, and the series did too. There's a lot of people up there that, that were super cool. Um, there's a lot of people I found out that are not that cool <laughs> after my whole incident I had. So, um, but yeah, like I said, it was, it was a huge learning curve. And I think this, this new journey in my life is, is, is really good and, and I'm enjoying it. With, uh, going up there and it being a complete different series and you being a front runner every week now, is it more fun and less stressful or is it less fun and more stressful? Um, I don't know because it's weird. It's, I think it's more fun because you can battle for wins, but it's still more stressful because you're getting paid to actually win. You know, uh, when I was in the States, I was getting paid shit and I was out there trying to kill myself to be, you know, top five in points, you know, or get a fifth overall. It's just like, you know, for my pride, that was awesome. But in the end, it didn't put any money in the bank account, <laughs> you know. Um, so for me, it was kind of like, all right, well, you know, I need to, I need to change, change some stuff up and um, um, make a different life choice. And like I said, it wasn't all bad in the States, you know, um, a lot of things worked out and, and um, got me to where I'm at now. So, um, but uh, Canada, is, it's not easy by any means. It's still, still super hard. It's just still a hell of a challenge and um, a lot more variables were thrown at me than I expected. So, um, but now I think I kind of got a little bit of a jump on them for next year and, um, try and make an even, uh, better year and, uh, than to 2019. All right. This is the last question. We'll wrap it up. Yep. I know it's getting late there. I've postponed you for like five days because I have so much <laughs> stuff going on, but yeah, all right. it's all, now it's that you all told good. Me, it's all right. Yeah. It's all yeah. good. What, what makes a Saturday so fun for you? Like what makes you, when you put your gear on and you go down to the starting line and you go through the whole process of being a racer, what is it that draws you back every weekend? Because there's certain things for everybody that makes them want to do this. I mean, I have a different thing every Saturday when I see you guys race that draws me back. For you, mm -hmm. what is it that's like, dude, I have to be a racer. There's nothing else I can do on earth that would compare to this. Uh, man, for one, I... <laughs> I don't want to be a construction worker or anything or, or highway work. I don't want to be digging ditches. You know what I mean? I'd rather be suffering on a sand track when it's 105 degrees and laying pavement out on a highway, you know? Um, so every time I think, you know, how hard our sport is and this and that, like, man, it's, it, it's pretty easy compared to doing a typical, you know, seven to four job and this and that. But, um, you know, obviously like anything, any job, anything gets old and you get tired of it at times. Um, but at the same time, like, uh, you know, winning on Saturdays makes it better, having good results. And, you know, and, and to be honest with you, riding, you know, I train down at club and riding with the kids and seeing all the amateurs and stuff like that. It makes me feel young still. Like, um, you know, like I like I'm still 17, you know, when I line up with them and, you know, uh, they ask for advice and this and that or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, it just makes it makes it chill and, you know, makes me enjoy it and makes me want to keep coming back, you know. So, um, like we, we've said it before, like, uh, man, I feel I am 30, but I don't feel like I'm a day old, day older than 20 or 18 at the moment. So, um, you know, until until it stops being fun and I don't like that outdoor grind and the, and the suffer aspect in the summer times, uh, then it's time to call it quits. But at the same time now, I, I, I still love it. I can tell that you're really a guy that had a dad that worked a county job because you said seven to four instead of nine to five like every other guy says yeah yeah nine to five is a bullshit job i don't know what that is you know seven to four <laughs> seven to five that, that that's, that's the real shit. Really, yeah that, that's the real shit so yeah. 
um you know but yeah I, I, i'm not ready for that 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 type of life yet yeah. um I, I i like being spoiled around a dirt bike right now so um and, and i'm grateful for it and like i said as miserable as it was for a lot of years it um it wasn't that bad it could have been a hell of a lot worse yeah hey buddy thank you for getting on the phone i appreciate this this has been great i've been so pumped to watch how this year has gone because you and i've had so much fun over the years be it in bulgaria where you get the whole shot and then twist your ankle or whatever like i've had a great time with you so to see how this year has been has been huge uh it's made me really really excited to watch congratulations the next time i see you we're definitely gonna have a couple beers (laughs) thank you anton i appreciate it buddy all right later dude yep see ya